You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the fight for Ukraine funding in Washington. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, was in the nation's capital yesterday pleading with lawmakers to approve $61 billion in aid for his war effort against Russia. But he left with no clear commitment. President Zelensky says any delays in extra funding benefit Putin and threaten the rest of the world. And this motto resonates not only in our country, not only in our hearts, not only in Ukraine, but also in Poland and Baltic states, Moldova and others. When freedom is strong in one country, it is strong everywhere. President Zelensky spoke alongside President Biden, who vowed the U.S. will come through to stop Vladimir Putin. Today, Ukraine's freedom is on the line. But if we don't stop Putin, it will endanger the freedom of everyone almost everywhere. Putin will keep going. And would-be aggressors everywhere will be emboldened to try to take what they can by force. And President Biden says Congress must pass supplemental funding for Ukraine, but that support is stalled. Congressional Republicans are demanding support for border security as part of any deal. Meanwhile, a Russian missile attack on Ukraine's capital, Kiev, this morning has left dozens injured. Well, Nathan, we're also closely following the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas, and we're seeing a divide on that front. There is a split in thinking between the U.S. and Israel, and it's made its way into public view. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter joins us with that story. President Biden very openly saying that Prime Minister Netanyahu has to change or risk losing international support. He's referring to two things. First, that after the war, Israel must be thinking about accepting the Palestinian Authority. And second, in the way in which the war is currently prosecuted. Attempting to do everything possible to prevent innocent Palestinian civilians from being being hurt, murdered, killed, lost. Netanyahu, in response, says he will not accept Palestinian Authority rule. Meanwhile, the U.N. General Assembly has voted to call for a ceasefire. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thank you. Meanwhile, House Republicans plan to vote today on formalizing their ongoing impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The move will force lawmakers to take a public position on the investigations. Speaker Mike Johnson says formal approval will help him enforce subpoenas for the House committees that are investigating Biden family businesses. Well, turning to the economy now, Nathan, all eyes are on inflation and the Fed today. We get the producer price index at 8.30 Wall Street time. Then this afternoon, we hear from Fed Chair Jay Powell after the Federal Reserve makes its final interest rate decision of 2023. Dana Peterson, chief economist at the conference board, thinks the Fed's done hiking rates, but may only cut rates a couple times next year. We think anywhere from 50 to 100 basis points probably makes sense, especially if inflation, according to the SCP, doesn't get beyond 2% before the end of next year. 
The conference board's Dana Peterson thinks the Federal Reserve will reach its goal of 2 percent inflation. It can't cut rates too much in 2024. And follow Bloomberg all day for coverage of the Fed decision. Live coverage begins ahead of Jay Powell's remarks with a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance at 1.30 Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. In company news this morning, Karen, Elon Musk's X, the social network formerly known as Twitter, is set to bring in roughly $2.5 billion in ad revenue in 2023. Bloomberg Tech reporter Kurt Wagner says this is a significant slump from prior years. He thinks Musk's personal tweets are scaring off advertisers. Musk seems to not really be aware that his own behavior is is having this dramatic impact. Or if he is, he just simply doesn't care. But I think that's really the issue more than anything, is that he's not really giving advertisers a good enough reason to, to come back. Bloomberg's Kurt Wagner says ad dollars account for 70 to 75 percent of X's total revenue. Elsewhere in tech, Nathan, Netflix yesterday released global mid-year viewer data for every title on its service. It's the first of what the streaming giants said will be regular reports as it looks to increase disclosure of audience data. The Night Agent took the number one spot, followed by Ginny and Georgia and The Glory. Turning overseas to Dubai, Karen. COP28 climate talks have ended in a deal that's seeing a commitment to transition away from all fossil fuels for the first time. The president of this year's summit brokered a compromise with the U.S. and European Union agreeing to dramatically curb fossil fuel use while bringing Saudi Arabia and other oil producers on board. This outcome breaks new ground. No previous COP text has mentioned fully moving away from oil and gas. And Nathan, we also have economic news across the globe this morning. In the U.K., GDP figures shrank more than expected. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts joins us live from London with the latest. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. UK GDP shrank 0.3% in October, following a gain of 0.2% in the previous month. The drop was the first since July and worse than economists' forecasts. It marks a sharp reversal from slightly better-than-expected figures for much of this year and adds to the impression that Britain is stuck in a long-running period of stagnation. The Bank of England makes its policy decision tomorrow. Traders have been ramping up bets for rate cuts next year. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, elsewhere overseas, Argentina has devalued the peso by 54 percent, and the country's economy minister announced massive public spending cuts. The moves are part of new President Javier Malay's shock therapy program for the country's economy, which is battling an inflation rate north of 140 percent. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And Karen, six weeks before the state's pivotal first-in-the-nation primary, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununo has endorsed Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. His message for GOP frontrunner Donald Trump, thank you for your service, we're moving on. Sununo's backing of Haley comes a month after Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds endorsed Ron DeSantis for president ahead of that state's first-in-the-nation caucuses. Haley on Tuesday kicked off a three-day campaign swing through New Hampshire. New York's highest court has ordered the state to redraw its congressional map. This delivers a ruling that offers Democrats a new weapon to wrest control of the House from Republicans next year. The decision could have far-reaching implications in reshaping the House. New York Democrats widely expected to use the opening to try to shift two to six Republican-held swing districts that President Biden won from Long Island to Syracuse. 
Kroger is ordering thousands of workers back to the office for the majority of the work week starting early next year. That story in this report from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The Cincinnati-based company is the largest American operator of traditional supermarkets, and it has informed employees with the option of working remotely that beginning February 5th, they have to be present three to four days a week. That is an increase from the previous guidance of two days a week from June of 2021. The mandate will affect about 5,800 employees in and around Cincinnati, as well as in Charlotte, North Carolina, Portland, Oregon, San Jose, California, Boca Raton, Florida, and Chicago. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. The University of Pennsylvania appointed the dean of its medical school as the interim president to replace Liz McGill, who resigned after an uproar over anti-Semitism on campus. J. Larry Jamison will lead the Ivy League school, effective immediately until a new president is named. McGill and board chair Scott Bach resigned December 9th after coming under intense pressure from alumni, donors, and lawmakers. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand, and that means whenever you want it. Just like John said, you can subscribe to Bloomberg News Now. It's that easy, and you get the latest headlines at the click of a button. You can get informed right on your schedule. That means you can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It is time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. And we're going to go to John right now. John Stashauer, here you go. Karen, it is still early in the NBA season, but already the Warriors' Draymond Green has been ejected from a game three different times. Happens last night in Phoenix when Draymond hit the Suns' Yusuf Nurchich in the head. Draymond did apologize after the game, but said the hit was unintentional. The Suns beat the Warriors 119-116. Devin Booker scored 32. Bradley Beal back in the Phoenix lineup. He had been out the last 19 games they played last night without Kevin Durant. Celtics now 11-0 at home. Jason Tatum scored 25 and a 120-113 win over Cleveland. Denver won at Chicago 114-106 despite the Nuggets star Nikola Jokic getting ejected late second quarter. The Stars were out in Dallas. LeBron James scored 33, but so did Luka Doncic. He had 17 assists despite playing with a bad back. The Mavs topped the Lakers by two. The Clippers beat the Kings by 20. Duke at 89-68 win over Hofstra in college hoops. The NFL game tomorrow is the Chargers and the Raiders, and the Chargers quarterback will be Easton Stick, a relative unknown out of North Dakota State. Justin Herbert has a broken finger. He's having surgery. He's done for the year. And a quarterback change in Minnesota where Joshua Dobbs had done well since the Vikings acquired him following the season-ending loss to Kirk Cousins, but Dobbs has struggled lately. Nick Mullins will be the starter for the Vikings Saturday against Cincinnati. The Giants have signed a Korean outfielder, Young Hu Lee, to a six-year contract. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? 
That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Geopolitics has turned a lot more complicated for both the wars in Ukraine and the Middle East. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has moved on to Scandinavia this morning. His bid to drum up more support for his country's fight against Russia from Washington, D.C. has come up mostly empty-handed. And the question of what comes after Israel's war with Hamas in Gaza has opened up a rift between President Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that is turning more and more public. All issues we're going to discuss now with Rosalind Matheson, Bloomberg News Director for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Uh, good to speak with you, Roz, this morning, I understand, from Warsaw. So the uh, war in Ukraine is certainly a much of a focus for you today. I mean, it's really interesting to think about how much has changed in just a year when Zelensky got this rock star reception in Washington, D.C. This week, not so much. Well, that's right. It was actually, if anything, it just reinforced the struggles that are going on for Ukraine to get further commitments of, of aid, be it financial aid or military aid. I mean, the previous trips he's done to the, to the U.S., as you said, almost treated like a rock star and other parts of the world, addressing parliaments, raucous crowds, and so on. And now, you know, more and more that the conversation is turning tricky, the red carpet is thinning out, uh, the US president is clearly trying very hard to, to get something done for Ukraine before the end of the year in terms of funding, uh, but and, and, and appearing together, as you said yesterday, in, in Washington in that regard. But it only again highlighted that Congress is pretty much stuck and saying, no, we're very unlikely to produce this aid before the end of the year. And, and then, of course, you get further into the US election cycle and becomes even more complicated. And over in, in Brussels, uh, EU leaders are meeting uh, from tomorrow, they're gathering later today to also discuss whether they can unlock further aid for Ukraine. And that's very much bogged down because of objections from countries, including Hungary. So what you've got is a picture where Ukraine's going into another winter 
uh, the war is soon going to enter its third year and nothing really is moving for Ukraine on any of these fronts. Well, what could it mean for Ukraine if it's unable to lock unlock this aid from the U.S. and from Europe? What could it mean for conditions on the ground? I mean, we've seen this war pretty much move into a stalemate at this point. Well, that's right. And of course, there's now talk of what can there be a, a different spring offensive in the next spring? And for that, they would need those weapons. But certainly the fighting is moving very slowly on the ground. Russia's not making masses of, of territory, but they're certainly not losing a lot of it either. And as time goes on, it becomes harder and harder, harder to dislodge them. We've seen fresh missile attacks overnight on some of the key cities as well. And going into winter, the sense that Russia is going to target, again, things like energy infrastructure. The idea is just to make Ukrainians as miserable as possible through the winter. So you're going to make them feel very, very cold for a start. And so there's a sense of fatigue there creeping in in some quarters in Ukraine. And that opens the the very thorny question that people are are asking and will be asked, no doubt, even more so in political halls uh, next year. And is that at some point, does there need to be a move towards a negotiation? I don't know if we can call it a question of fatigue when it comes to the war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. We're only a little more than two months into it, but we are seeing that situation turn a lot more complicated as well when it comes to how the Gaza Strip could be administered if Israel succeeds in defeating Hamas. Well, that's right. You saw really the most strident comments, I think, so far from the U.S. president yesterday directed at the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And certainly the U.S. has been a strong ally of Israel uh, for years um, and, and obviously after the Hamas attack on October the 7th. But really, for the first time, Joe Biden publicly castigating the Israeli prime minister, you know, saying that things are not going in the right direction, uh, that they need to think about their plans, especially in the aftermath of this war. And and that was highly unusual for him to do so. So certainly not, you know, the US is not calling overtly for a ceasefire. That's been something they've very much danced around, uh, but expressing concern about the situation inside Gaza. And certainly for the, for the unresolved questions of what happens after, I mean, Israel just won't agree, they say, to a two-state solution, essentially, involving the West Bank and Gaza, where some other countries, including the US, the US are potentially looking at something that would involve the Palestinian Authority in both places, essentially the two-state solution. So certainly a lot of unknown unknowns in the aftermath of this conflict, but the US clearly already starting to run out of patience on it. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.